0: The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a health manifesto. A certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inn's Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California.
1: Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome one and all to my podcast. This is my weekly show where I bring to you my thoughts and perspectives Sometimes conversations like this one on health and happiness, how to live better in the modern world, how to negotiate a happier, healthier life amidst amidst all the ready-for-it, nutty-nut-nut nut stuff that we come up against day-to-day. All right? That's what I do. Where am I right now, you ask? Are you asking that? Why would you ask that? But you might be in a hotel room in San Francisco. Tomorrow morning, I'm heading out to New York City. To speak at the New York City Veg Fest, uh, NYCVegFoodFest.com. If you're listening to this, you've missed it. You've missed it. This is before I'm going. So here's my prediction. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple days at the at the Veg Fest. So I'm going to make a prediction now, and I'm just going to see if anything that I say comes to 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 actually have happened. Ready? Uh, Seven thousand people are going to come just to see my talk. There's probably gonna be a riot of people rushing the stage to get my autograph just after my talk. uh They will break down weeping. people will have uh just spontaneous uh visions th- right during my talk and I will people will throw uh coupons at the stage for free minivans. That's my prediction. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think that's in the realm of possibility, but I don't know. I don't know and I'm okay not knowing. But it'll just be interesting to see what plays out and how much of that stuff comes to light. I don't know. Amazing, isn't it? Um, I'm going to pop back in at the end of the episode with a few quick announcements. Uh, But I want to get right to this interview. This was a guy, and still is because he's still going strong, named Bill Psycholic. I met him in Marshall, Texas uh, a couple months ago when I was speaking at the Marshall Health Fest. And at my talk... I was getting ready to get going on. So it's kind of hooking up things. And this guy shows up and he goes, somebody goes, here's the, he's doing the AV. And they point to this guy. So in my brain, I go, that's the AV guy. He's the guy that's doing the AV. He's hired by the, the festival to do the business of that. Turns out he is on this amazing trek of running a marathon in all 59 national parks. He, is, was volunteering at the VegFest because he's just on the road, doesn't work for the VegFest, was very incredibly competent, and you'll know why because he's got a great background of management, consulting, and all these kinds of cool stuff. He's just got a great story. I don't want to give it away. But I immediately was like, this is the coolest thing ever. We got to chatting over the next few days, um, talked a lot, and, and it was very cool. And I just was like, I'm having you on my podcast. And there, you'd think it was because of all the cool things he's doing really it's because of the tent that he has that he sleeps in that is on the roof of his car that takes him about 4 minutes to put up and it's it's mounted half on the roof of his car half not and i'm obsessed with this freaking tent um anyway we had a very good conversation and went very deep uh, you know that i'm i'm all about people taking on their lives living the lives that are more true to them and 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 more about who they truly are how that manifests in any person's life is going to be up to them, but there's a through line. There's a through line of somebody saying, it's time. I talked about it last week. This is It's time to make this change, whatever that is. And um, for Bill, it was stopping the routines that He'd been doing for years and saying this is and being open enough to say this is my next chapter and it's very cool what he's doing and I wanted to tap into that and we did so I will leave you to this interview with Bill psycholic um, and and let you guys hear this really cool conversation uh running the car running the parks.com is how you find it but he'll talk about that at the very end but running the park so he is a is a very cool we go to his history and everything so i don't even need to do that here okay enjoy this interview with bill psycholic i'm going to pop back into the end with a few interviews uh starting with a few announcements you guys are great i hope you enjoy this episode see you at the end um but but thank you for being here and yep. um so one, my first question I, I had for you right on the shoot was, was it always your dream to run audiovisual at a VegFest? It was like when you began, like, was, that your, <laughs> was
2: that your whole thing? Do, do you know what, um, that, was, that was an exciting opportunity for me because I thought that honestly, when I got there that I would be carrying boxes and just helping schlep things around and I was happy to do that. I had about four or five extra days and uh, she, what I saw was a hole. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't the, the, the facilities particularly the bigger ones, weren't being managed properly, yeah. and not that wasn't to, to um, either one of their faults, like uh, Amanda or uh, uh, Ed. Ed, yes, sorry, uh, but they they just had other things to do, yeah, and yeah. so I just sort of jumped in and, and uh, she said to my you know I was very flattered, she said this was the first year that she didn't have a breakdown.
1: Uh, I mean, a physical, like a like an emotional breakdown.
2: Like, like crying. Yeah, she yeah, goes. Yeah. First oh. year, I, I've not cried. Wow. So guess she said a... everything went pretty smoothly, and I was. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm glad. I'm hope. I'm glad I was able to contribute, and I hope I can do it again.
1: I guess that's a certain mark of success when you don't cry. Right. Yeah, that's like if I could have just one race where I just don't cry, then that would be a good. Then I guess that's a good success. <laughs> I guess a yeah, good yeah.
2: success. Did, for... you, oh, did you cry during your
1: race? No, I did not. I, <laughs> I actually, the, actually, the first year I've got teary because in the beginning when i was like doing the beginning of the race announcements it was just such a um to see it happen for the first time and to see it actually become a reality was very moving to, to only to me but you know because yeah. it was just a, it was just a year a year in the making and a lot of stress and just like is this going to happen and then seeing runners toe the line was like oh my gosh this is the coolest thing ever you know so
2: well i was uh i i get teary when i see people finish yeah That's,
1: there was a, there was a few of those too You know, it's really
2: impressive to see people that whether that's their first or not, just uh, come across that finish line and put all that effort into it and just see the emotion on their face. It sort of translates, it it projects onto you.
1: Yeah, I I think that's to be true. And I I think for me, most more people, more of the people who ran it for the first time, because you see. There's so much fear when they tow the line, like, cause they, they really 99.99% of them have never run the distance, you know? And so they actually don't know that they can do it. And it's that when they cross the finish line, you can see in their faces, like I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. Yeah. it's just, I've seen so many, I, I want, one of the policies I made when I started the race was I want to see every, I want to be there for every runner to finish. So I'm at the yeah. finish line for every runner to finish. And that's why I'm keeping the race small forever. So I can do that. Yeah, And so I'm literally greeting every runner as they come across. And there's so many that are crying, you know, because it's yeah. just like this real, this like, they can't believe what they did. There's, they got broken down a little bit in the race as that happens, sure. you know, you get bear, yeah. you know, threadbare and their families are there and there was a kid who um who was 17 who ran it um, as part of a school project never run a race like never run any so he trained like his school project he trained for it yeah. and when he finished all of his buddies were there and they made shirts oh. special shirts and they like you know and he lost his father it was just like this cri- oh, oh it's like so man. touching and amazing Anyway, so um cool. Well, thanks for stopping by. I'm <laughs> Yeah. I, I think I, I think we've done our interview. That, that um, was a great discussion. That's uh, <laughs> really good. Can't beat that. Yeah, no you can't. But I will I will intro you in this podcast, but Sure. It was just funny the way that I met you, which we were like, "Okay, what what you were for AV?" And you were like, "In my brain, see, my first job out of college, um I graduated from UCLA in 91 and and I'm within two months started working at UCLA in the audiovisual department. So my first job was audiovisual. So there's a weird thing yeah. always. And I worked there for like five years of just like setting up projectors and and microphones and, and 16 millimeter film. Like we were doing all that stuff like that. Yeah. And so you're like the AV guy. So I always have this like thing with AV guys. I'm always yeah, like yeah. loving the AV guys, you know. And then I found out quickly. I think Adam Chain was the one. He's like, yeah, he's not the AV guy. Like he's running m- marathons in all yeah. 59 national parks i was like oh but he also yeah. sets up stuff so
2: that's yeah. cool yeah <laughs> so i was i was there to help out you know and it, it really sort of what happened is my background is management consulting and so that and it was it was typically sort of managing big projects i did it projects in the past and when i saw the hole i just sort of stepped into it that and went a, okay i'm gonna run this now yeah, or i'm you, gonna run parts of it
1: yeah you definitely have a certain i mean yeah. you have a very I'm, I got this kind of way about you. There was no like I don't I don't really know what I'm doing. You were just you. It looked like you were full on salary staff, like <laughs> you know. And so, with that said, let's let's jump back. Obviously, your story yep. is um is very interesting to me in terms of I relate everything to, to I I. So you're doing this thing that's a a real in the world thing, and we're gonna get into that. <clears throat> but for me, in terms of how I relate it to my podcast and the people that I work with and and that follow me is. Is this little what that was that little that little spark that said i 'm making this break, and for some people it, like you, you really made a break, which we 'll get into, but for other people, yeah. the break is sort of internally and it 's like now i 'm done. I was just talking to this on, on last week's podcast of now I'm done and, and my t- I've hit my tipping point and now I'm gonna start a, another thing in my life, which is to take care of myself better and and these kinds and right. do do something that gives me joy. And that's how I'm relating your experience to to what I do on a on a very minimal, on a very small level with some people. You know, for some people it's a bigger, yes. you know, with that whole thing. But so what is your what was your give me, give me a little bit of a background. Even before sort of managing consulting, like your 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 growing up, your schooling, was it more traditional? And like you get, you get a job and you kind of do that thing. How was no. it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it, it was your sort of traditional, typical kind of upbringing. Grew up in uh, Delaware, which is um, not really known for much except for that little spot in the Wayne's World movie where they're like, Delaware, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went to, uh, you know, your standard, uh, I actually went to Catholic private schools growing up because uh, my parents believed that that was a better education. And in many cases it was. Uh, I went on to college because that's what you do. Got a finance degree uh, a few years after that, uh, after working for a little while at a big bank, got an MBA, because that's what you do. And um, uh, I've been working since then in uh, various sort of consulting or managerial roles. And uh, uh, it it sort of wore on me after a while. Wow. In, what so, way, in what way? <laughs> yeah, well, what I was realizing after... Um, it's taken a while. You'd think I would have figured this out sooner, but it... Um, it wasn't fulfilling. It was, I was doing work for other people or big companies. And while I enjoyed working with some people, often the politics got to be a little bit oppressive or just, you know, seems that it's unnecessary. And, uh, I just didn't, it just wasn't fulfilling. It didn't, it didn't, I wasn't growing personally or professionally in a way and that, I was, that I was happy with um, you know, working for big companies. And it was, when I say big companies, I'm like JP Morgan chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. IBM, yeah. general motors was our client. You know, right, right, i worked right. for the federal government for a couple of years, so can't get much bigger than that. Yeah. And, uh, I was always moving on for the next job. And the next job is in this location. Great. I'll move. It's a step up. The next job is in this location. Move is a step up. And every time I made that step up, it didn't, and, and you've, this is a common theme that you'll hear with people that have ended up making changes. Is it didn't? It didn't really add anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Okay, if I get that next promotion, I'll feel better. If I get that next job, I'll feel better. If I live in a different location, I'll feel better. And I just didn't. And uh, it took me a long time to to build up the the. Uh, I guess it was the courage to actually make a change. And uh, that's where this kind of project came to.
1: Now, do you do you feel like you have, were you born with some sort of, did you move when you were a kid
2: a lot? <laughs> no, we didn't. Just Delaware. No, we, yeah, we well, we moved there when I was seven. And then after that, we were in the same house.
1: Because I, 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 I hear a little tinge of wanderlust, you know, like you kind of yeah. liked the new job, but you also were totally okay moving to a new location where there was a probably a certain sense of adventure around that.
2: Yeah, I always moved to cities, and I came out of uh, undergrad, lived in Delaware for a while because the the bank had a, a big facility there. But then after that, it was um, going to New York City for grad school. Then mm-hmm. I lived in Romania for two years wow. doing a volunteer program. And then I came back, and I lived in D.C., and then I moved to Detroit. Then I moved back to D.C. again, and then I moved to New York again. Mm-hmm. So it's always been these sort of East Coast, big urban areas that uh-huh. – Know on the surface of it, don't have a whole lot of um, natural space and and greenery. And it took me a while to realize that that was missing too.
1: Yeah. What were your What did your parents do?
2: Uh, my dad worked. You love this. My dad worked for uh, a company that specialized in frozen and fresh meat. Okay. So they would get the big trucks in there. They would break it down in his his plant, and then they would. Uh, truck it out to the restaurants and the stores in the local area. Cool. So we ate steak four times a week.
1: Yeah, because you had all that access. And what about we your had, mom? Uh,
2: nurse, registered nurse. And, they're
1: still, and they still doing, are they retired now or what are they doing?
2: No, my dad is retired. My mom passed away in 2008 oh. from lung cancer. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and so did they instill in you this kind of sense of like, Bill, you're going, we want you to get out of here. We want you to explore. Yeah. Did they?
2: No, to be honest, I think that was me wanting to, um, I don't want to make this sound harsh, but yeah. not be like them. And they struggled a lot financially growing up. Um, neither one of their jobs were particularly high paying um, because they wanted us to go to private schools and have a very good education. That caused a lot of stress paying for that. Right, right. And my motivation was always not wanting to have to struggle like that, particularly financially, I and I saw sort of these professional white collar jobs as as the way to do that.
1: Right. So you equated that f- freedom with money. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into that yeah. a little bit later because I, I think Big you're, cities. I think yeah. So you've sort of changed your your tune on that. Although you were, I'm assuming, making pretty decent money. And did you did you re- when at what point did you realize? Yeah. So I'm making more money now, but I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm not <clears throat> getting the feelings that I thought were going to come around, come with the money.
2: Yeah, it, it's only recently. To how be how honest, old are I you? I
1: kept 45. You're 45. Wouldn't
2: it be great if yeah. you're like, I'm 21. No. <laughs> no, I like to tell people when they they, they they hear about my project, which I'm sure we'll talk about, they go, uh, wow, how old are you? And I go, 45, and they kind of get gassed. You know, This is not a, a 24-year-old or 22-year-old yeah, yeah. doing a gap year right after college. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I've had a long professional career to this point.
1: Yeah, that's what's it's, that's what's interesting to me because it, it is, you know, that I, I I don't know, in my own brain and just in in like I said in the podcast and the YouTube channel stuff, I'm I'm in the it my, you know, my focus changes over time. You know, I'll be focused on one thing and, and more right now recently it's been more on the tipping point thing that, that what is that mm-hmm. little switch? That's the the yeah. thing in and I think sometimes the switch what I was talking about recently is that the more aware you are of your life, the more engaged you are, you can actually move that tipping point up, you know, cause you can kind of squash things down for a long time. And that tipping point just doesn't happen for years sometimes until finally you're just like, and, and, you know, hopefully at that point it's not too late kind huh. of thing. But I think I told you about Sam, um, Pol, uh, Polk, the guy, the grocery ships guy. I don't know if you ever looked him up, but he had a very similar yeah. <laughs> thing with you. And I had him on this podcast too, of, You know, just working in that way and making a ton of money and all this kind of stuff and then just boom, you know, just very stark. And I think it's a good way to look at the people like you and Sam who make a, a pretty from the outward view perspective, a pretty stark change. But then say, okay, well, that's amazing, and then now how do we relate that to somebody today just going to work and saying, I think I'm at my tipping point. I'm not going to necessarily quit right. my job and do what you're doing, but I'm ready to – there's things that are going to happen now that are big to me. And that, yeah. that's, an, that's an interesting thing. So I guess I want to know, when did it become conscious? When were you like, this ain't gonna be going on much longer because I will yeah. kill myself if if I do. Like, what, I, what, I, and why you and not somebody else? And that's what yeah. that's what's interesting to me.
2: That's that's not too far from the truth. Your little "I kill myself" statement. I'm, I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I was surely trying to figure out a way out. And you know, you all like, it's like all the options are on the table. But the, there was always that fear of if I make some sort of drastic change. I could wind up financially strapped and in the same situation as as uh, often some of my relatives. Um, so when did I become conscious? Uh, I, it's probably a, it was a slow burn for a long time, and that was why I kept moving locations, mm-hmm. thinking that that was going to make the next the, the, make me feel better. Was that and by then, choice?
1: That like, could you tell your company yeah. like I want to move?
2: No, I got new jobs. So they, they just kind of companies.
1: came. They would just oh new oh really? But you were looking I for look new them. jobs. Yeah, Ah, got it. Okay. So it yeah, wasn't like I, a, it wasn't like a consulting firm that you then worked for this company in this place and this company. In this place. You actually change jobs. No, right? Every yeah. every how many years? On average,
2: uh, the my longest tenure was with IBM. And that was five and a half years in two different locations. So mm-hmm. I worked in Arlington, Virginia for a while. And then I worked in Detroit for about three and a half years. Uh, all the rest of the companies have been uh, between two and four. And is that typical for the field? it varies i don't think it's it's atypical for consulting um and because uh, a lot of people look for for different roles some people don't like to travel some people do and mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, you know it may be a little short two to four some people stay five and, and move but mm-hmm. uh it's not too too unusual
1: so in theory when did you finish your mba how old were you uh, 2001 so 15 seven, 16 years ago yeah. so you've moved four or five times Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot and you're packing up. Um, and do you keep yourself in a minimalist kind of framework? Like you don't have a, I mean, I've seen your car. I don't know if you have stuff in storage. Do you store stuff in like a mansion?
2: No. So no, it's, it's, it's like I was saying this whole, this whole slow burn, um, tipping point, getting to that point of change. Um, I was not a minimalist, but I've, I've kind of come and embraced that lifestyle. Now I was, going to New York City, living the New York City lifestyle. So for the last five years, I was living in Queens, right in Long Island City, across from the UN, and working in Manhattan. I mean, this is, is about as typical New York City lifestyle as you can get. And um, when I was there, at least the first two years and a, a bit of the last three, uh, I was really living New York City lifestyle, going out to bars a lot, seeing right. live music, going to really high-end restaurants. I had you know, uh, aggressively furnished a really nice apartment, I got really lucky and found one with a rooftop deck that was wow. private, so I had a grill and I had yeah. an umbrella and I had all the gear and stuff and I had friends over for happy hours and parties, and I was just spending more money than I was earning, and I was right. earning a fair bit yeah 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 and i just and I just realized that all of this stuff wasn't making me happy either like I, and i've got and now I've got the apartment i mean this was almost three thousand dollars a month, yeah, yeah. this was big deal with all of the the space and the, the the outdoor space and all this and i would just sit at it sometimes and go huh, this is not it right you would, th- you, would, just, you, would think that, was, you would
1: think I was, that you would think that consciously
2: yeah yeah you, there was yeah. A, it's just something missing did and you uh, did you write
1: at that time like were you journaling i mean yes i want to know like was there, off and you, on do you have like a year where you were like uh, starting in december of 2000 whatever i realized I gotta go like pr- pretty fast I, I gotta make yeah. move i'm I'm starting to make plans to go
2: well, it's uh it was again the slow small burn and yes, so about when i f- when I finished the two year lease on the really expensive apartment, I moved into one that was not as expensive but still nice, and that's when it started moving the the wheels started turning, but I wasn't to the point yet where I was realizing that w- figuring out what I could do uh-huh. it just the slow burn like this is terrible, this is terrible. Um, moved into the new apartment, a little little cheaper, saved some money, paid off all my school debt, was now in a good place. All that was sort of taken care of. The financial stuff was a little less stressful than it had been in the past. And I had a really, really stressful project. It it went well. We succeeded in what we were needing to do with with a particular client, but it stressed me out terribly. It also had almost an hour and a half to two hour commute one way. Whoa. And because I was actually going outside of the city to the client's office. How are you um, doing that I, by car? No, uh, I would take the subway to Grand Central and take Metro North to Connecticut. And then they had a shuttle that picked you up at the train station. Took So you to three, four office. hours a day? Yeah.
1: Three, four hours yeah. a day. Did you, yeah. did you, did you, I mean, obviously you're saying there's a slow burn and there's a, kind of the, the feeling of, you know, emptiness with regard to your life. Mm-hmm. But did you enjoy the work in terms of the work or did you show up to work and just be like, Oh God, this is dreadful. Or did you no. did,
2: Yeah, it was more on the the dreadful side. (laughs) It it, it wasn't fulfilling to me. So I had an interesting role where I would go in and I would manage the client's personnel and their other consultants. So I had the responsibility to deliver whatever they were trying to do, build out, but I actually didn't – no one reported to me. So it was very much uh, honing a skill of influence without authority, Mm -hmm. which uh, is hard, and particularly in a professional um, setting. Uh, and it just wears on you after a little while, like you want to be in a team yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, be yeah, yeah with five or ten or fifteen or however many people that are all focused, they all work together, yeah, you're all Looking going out for out each other, yep. Yep. yeah yeah, yeah, you're the outside and,
1: guy, and they're yeah. just they don't like you at all, right yeah yeah, yeah
2: you, you have to win them over, yeah and exactly every six months to a year, you'd have to go into a new place and win them over,
1: yeah oh. so the so the primary driver of. I'm going to be like fully blatant in relating this to the work that I do, but the primary, Please. it seems like, it seems like the primary driver in, I, I, oh, sorry. I talked about it recently that, that even dysfunction, even unhappiness can be familiar and comfortable and safe enough that to compare that to making a big change is sort of not on the table for a lot of people. They'll go like, yeah, this isn't the best and I'm not super happy, but the, but the alternative of me just stopping or making a change that they perceive as big anyway it's just not on the table and so i guess i want to know what like, what was the primary dr- why didn't you quit years be- you know when the slow burn started to happen was it just not quite bad enough or did you think i can't do this right now because of finances because i have student loans because i have responsibilities because i like what were those things that kept you like bill you got to shut the hell up and go back to yeah. work tomorrow
2: Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. It's, it was really twofold. It was one finishing, paying off the student loans from business school. And then the second one was in sort of psychological, it was just fear. Uh It was really fear of, um, not having, right. And not, and being financially challenged and, and not being able to support myself properly. And, And having to rely on others, that's another thing. Sort of I have this sort of independent streak. I don't want to have to ask for help if I can help it. I I don't want to go in and say, look, you know, I'm really having some problems. Can I stay at your house kind of thing? It's just I have a problem with that. And it's it's something that I need to get over, to be honest with you, because asking for help is not anything to be um, worried about, particularly, you know, if you have a family and friends that are loving and and concerned for you because they want to offer Help. They feel good about giving yeah, assistance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes t- not accepting it or or not asking for it in the first place takes away from the joy that they feel in being able to help somebody. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to get over that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it's and and the and the course of course the 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 contrary is to too is is true also which is that you know when you sometimes you need help and sometimes you're in a position to help and it's just kind of it's what we do and it's sort of a human in the modern world like it's too hard to fend for ourselves solo with no support you know it's a very hard world to live in period and, and when you don't have that kind of support in place um so at the point so have you now to kind of get into the running thing were you <clears throat> running this whole time like were you always a runner in high school you ran or what was that
2: kind of yeah. No, I didn't pick up running until I was thirty-three. I didn't play any sports in high school or college. I wasn't really a runner uh at all. In fact, I thought I would hate it. <laughs> Anytime I tried to do a little jog, I you know, whether I was playing tennis or something, I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I got I was in Detroit and, and I was thirty-three and I said, well, I'm gonna check off the bucket list, run a marathon. So I had a friend recommend a training program. I followed it. And I ran the Detroit marathon and I finished it and kind of went, it kind of clicked. I went, Oh, I can do better than that.
1: Oh, how funny. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And, and from that point on, excuse me, I, uh, I ran regularly for exercise and then I, uh, I I would run shorter races. I didn't take on another marathon until four years later when I ran the Marine Corps marathon in DC, excuse me. And, uh, at that, at that marathon, I qualified for Boston. Wow, so, so that, with,
1: wow, that's a natural ability. Because if you're qualifying for Boston at that age, you're running seven, not much. I mean, <coughs> seven, yeah. what twenty?
2: Yeah, three thirteen was what. Oh doing.
1: my gosh, that's crazy.
2: And that was that was only my second marathon.
1: That's nuts. I can't believe you had that kind of speed that fast.
2: Yeah, well, and then after that, I started running more longer races. So mm-hmm. I ran uh, 50, a bunch of fifty ks. <clears throat> Since then, I've run you know New York City Marathon. I've run Yonkers twice. I've run Boston. Uh, I've run, I, I don't even keep track anymore. Not like, a, it's not a bragging thing. It's just, yeah. I don't, I don't keep track anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, if, yeah. if I
1: sign up for a race, I run it and great. So, um, you, but you were doing that running while you were working the hours you were working. Yeah. Mathematically, that works out. See how I did the math in my brain, yeah. but yeah, yeah in, in your quick. years before you cut it, you were actually like doing the commute, but you were also getting in runs. So now you had something else besides work that I'm assuming yeah. gave you kind of, uh, relief sometimes.
2: It was a stress reliever as well. What That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and a little bit of perspective. Do you think that that yeah. played into a little bit of time on the trail or time on the road, thinking and 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 bringing that stuff out? I don't know. I'm totally begging it, but did you like? I mm. I find myself. I want to run, and when I'm running, I'm thinking about things. I'm sort of more conscious now about how I want this not to be happening as much longer.
2: No, interesting. Um, no, I would think I would. I. Would th- to be honest, I think I, I used the the running to not think about anything interesting to really not think about how I felt about the the stress of the work to not feel about how to solve a problem a, a problem at work uh, because I, I didn't want to have to deal with it yeah, so yeah. to go out on the run doing something where I'm relieving stress and and getting outside and moving. Uh, I didn't want that mental noise. so it always takes a little while to clear out, but uh-huh. I would use that to try and get away from the things that I wasn't happy with.
1: What did you use before running for that purpose? Or did you? Uh, I'm not sure I did partying. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for real.
2: Um, you yeah. know, actually uh, to, let me, let me go back a little bit and actually think about this, uh, because that was Detroit, um, early when I started running and I used to play music a little bit more than I do now. And I had a friend in Detroit, we used to get together at least once a week and, uh, play. And we also played out at uh, a couple of local bars and, um, did some bunch of open mic nights. We were, uh, the brother slim. Oh,
1: nice. We the had a, yeah, Very nice. The brother slim. <laughs> no, I, got it. No, I got it. I so got we, it.
2: Had a, we had a good time. And, and that was kind of my outlet when I, at least I, when I was in Detroit and then I played a bunch in uh, New York, I played a couple of open mic nights there too, but uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a strong enough diversion for it to be sort of my own outlet. Running was more important.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you play guitar?
2: Yeah. Nice. Play guitar and sing. Nice.
1: Um, so at what point do you then start you got the running in place, you're still doing the work yeah. and the burn's happening and you're kind of over it, but you've now you've got a little more finances in order, you got your student loans yeah. paid off and you're kind of things are a little settled. So what what's the what's the final straw? What was the final yeah. thing where you're like, we're done here, plans are being made, and once that happens, how long was it yep. until you got logistics literally in place
2: to be able to make the move? Yeah. So about two years before I, I left New York I was really in a place where something has to change and so I started doing some a little research on meditation and a little more research on uh, what it would actually take financially to to leave and as I, I read more about research uh, of meditation I tried it on my own it, it helped out some and I kept making plans to excuse me, to do a meditation retreat. Okay. So at the time, the company that I worked for, they don't offer it anymore, but at the time they offered a sabbatical program. So if you worked for them for three years and had a certain number of billable hours during that time, they gave you four weeks off at 75% of your pay nice. and all your benefits plus your vacation. Wow. So it was in addition to that. Wow. So I had banked it up. So I had uh, the the sabbatical coming up and then three more weeks of vacation tacked onto that. And this was going to be the first time in my entire professional career where I ever took off more than two weeks. Wow. And I planned it uh, to, so that I would take off and do, it was kind of a test. It was, I'm trying to extract myself from New York. I was planning to to leave in, uh, so like I did right around <clears throat> the, the 2017, yeah, 2016, May of 2016. So I'm saying, I've got to make a change. Let me uh, go to meditation to sort of relax myself, clear my mind, not try and get enlightened, but just yeah. suppress the noise for yeah, a little yeah. while I got it. so that when I come out of that, I can actually think about more clearly what I want to do. Right. And so I did a 10-day Vipassana meditation yeah. retreat, right. which was outstanding. Uh, and <clears throat> to be honest with you, it was something I really, really needed. Uh, right. When I finished the 10 days, I could have easily gone another 10 days, Wow. easily. I was, uh, I was kind of not done uh-huh. and there is never really any done in meditation, as you know, but yeah. in that instance, I didn't feel like I got to the point where I wanted to be, right. even though it was, it was wonderful. But when I, when I got out of that, here's, here's the sort of the yin and the yang, right? So I go for a 10 day Vipassana meditation retreat. And then my next step was to say, <clears throat> um, I know I want to move away from New York, I was thinking about maybe being this kind of digital nomad or living abroad in some inexpensive place for a little while. Uh Excuse me. And uh, uh, I have friends who live in uh, Merida, um, Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula. So I plan to go down and visit them for about three weeks and sort of live the expat lifestyle. Right. And that, as I learned, is not what I want because, you know, they have a great life there. But the expats in a lot of these places tend to party a lot,
0: uh-huh. right?
2: And, you know, and I, and I realized when I came out here, it's meditation retreat, party land. Yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Too much, too much. What was, to do. Yeah. What was beautiful is that I recognized that's not what I wanted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that I was, excellent. I was
2: really thinking about how do Chiang Mai, right? I'll move to Thailand and, and do this. And I have been a expat before and I've, I'm fairly well-traveled. So, uh, I thought that's not what I want. Right. And when I came back, again, still having the clarity from the, the meditation, I really said, well, what do I want to do? I, I know I want to leave New York. I know I want to leave this, this job. Uh, I need to get closer to nature because I miss that a lot. The, the, there's just not enough green space in New York. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to make this, <clears throat> this change and move to, to Colorado, okay. move to the Denver area. I'm going to quit my job. I'm, have, I'm not going to set up anything before I get out there. I'm going to take a little time off on my way to maybe see the country and do that cross-country. I'm doing air quotes, the American cross-country sure. driving trip. Sure. And it didn't, wasn't compelling. It just wasn't enough. And I read that it was the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll see some of the national parks on the way.
1: Okay, so there it starts. So this is all, you, yeah. So your brain is already like in the what am I? How do I plan? Do you have money yeah. in the bank enough where you're like, I'm just yeah. going to show up in Denver and just sort of rent a place, and you don't even know what you're going to do there?
2: No job, right. just like I don't know. Because I don't want to do the job that I was doing in Denver, and <clears throat> um, even if I was to work for a company that's in the space I'm interested in, mm-hmm. doing the same job I was doing before, I don't think would be fulfilling. It's something yeah. what I'm trying to move away from. Yeah, yeah, got it. And I, it, it took it was funny. It took me getting to a point where, you know, I had seen a therapist for a little while and I was just not in a good space. And I was making these active steps to try and get out of that space. And the meditation was one of them. And that was, that was a great thing. And then coming back and saying, I want to move. That was another, another point. And having the financial situation to where I could take a little time off and, and figure it out. Did you do all seven weeks at that point? I did well. The meditation retreat was ten days, right. and then I came back for two or so, and then I did the the, the remaining in Mexico. Oh, so you were there in Mexico for a, a good amount of time? Yeah, for like three weeks. Yeah, see, the yeah, whole time there.
1: Yeah, so that's five weeks. Then yeah. you, came, but then you came back. Did you have a few more weeks
2: off left still? Than, than... Uh, I think. It, um, I think in between Mexico and um, the meditation retreat, I think I was in New York for three or four days, something uh-huh. like that. You still at, off from
1: work because you had a seven. Yeah, had four yeah. weeks plus a seven week. The three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you had time to kind of process yeah. all this, and started looking into things, and and yeah. uh, and and you just happened upon the the national parks anniversary. Yep. Like just looking. That the,
2: oh, that's interesting. Searching the net. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'll see some parks. Okay. Like, so where
1: does it, when? So the, okay. So now, when does it click?
2: Yeah. It, it. What happened is I said that wasn't even that wasn't compelling. Seeing the parks is exciting, and I and I encourage everybody to get out and see them. Yeah. But I thought, well, what are, what do I like to do? Well, I like to trail run, and that would get me closer to nature and in the parks not just at an overlook seeing them like really in and feeling them yeah and i thought well you know if i'm going to do this <clears throat> why don't i go big and uh-huh. <clears throat> i am not somebody asked me if i was a risk taker in the past and if you just look at the trajectory of, of my life and what we've talked about it to this point not really yeah yeah, yeah. like i've i've moved in you know Very sort of logical, incremental steps, location-wise and professionally. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not. But I'd like to think I am now going forward, because uh, I decided that hey, if I'm going to do this running in the parks, I'm going to do all of them, Uh and I'm going to run a marathon in all of them, and I'm going to really just see if this is if this is something that 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 I could achieve within a reasonable amount of time. And um, I uh, I like to promote the idea of possibility, and you do as well, and uh, I knew it was possible, like in my mind, cause I'm a runner and I've seen a lot of other people that have done amazing feats of, of running endurance. <clears throat> I knew running 59 marathons, even if you did one a week, completely mm. possible. Like, pff, nope, nope. This, that's been, that's not an issue. Right. Um, I, I didn't know if I could do it, but I said, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, I think physically, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it.
1: Right. Did you did you 100% when you had that little uh spark of like a marathon in every 59 national parks did you have a moment of like where you of clarity where you were like yes this is the thing
2: yeah i it was it was this is i looked online to see if anybody else had done anything like this and th- there wasn't really anything that that was similar and i thought this is where i can um a break away from the job and the location that i'm that's not feeding me mm. i can Get closer to nature. I can go on this amazing trip to see our wonderful country and all that <clears throat> the diversity it has to offer. <clears throat> wow. Excuse me, man. Well, you run, <clears throat> you run that many yeah, marathons. run that many marathons,
1: you get a little choked up. There's, no, there's just yeah. no getting around it. Excuse me. It's That's dry here in Denver. T- yeah, I know. So just so you guys know, Bill's in Denver just texted me pictures of super duper snow and it's mid May and uh, three feet of snow, was it?
2: Yeah, there's three feet of snow in Estes Park, Colorado, which is where basically where we ran the the marathon at Rocky Mountain National Park yesterday. It's crazy, and he went. You got up to ten thousand
1: feet. That must have been yeah. a hard. How long did it take you to do that? Twenty six point two.
2: A little over seven hours. Yeah,
1: you were with we had other a, people.
2: We I have one other guy. So this is a great. Uh, my friend Ron Peck ran the very first marathon with me in Acadia National Park in Maine. Oh man, that's so cool. He, yeah, he flew out to Colorado to visit his sister because he hasn't seen her in a little while, and he scheduled his trip to coincide when I was going to oh be here. Oh my god, for that's, all, that's awesome! So that's we had a awesome. we had a blast. He's a he's a three hour marathoner, uh-huh. and he's super fast. And he 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 pulled me along, even though uh, he's not doing a a ton of trails and hills because in Maine he lives in Maine. It's it's not that it's not that hilly, uh, but we had a blast. We had a it took a little like I said, a little over seven hours, and that included. You know, we stopped at the mile seventeen because the sister was there to uh, to refill water and do yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But That's uh, so it was cool. Great. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, so
1: back in it. So you, so you, you kind of do your thing and you go. Like, when does the website get built? Like, did you do all that previous, like before you started? Yeah. Like, okay, this is happening now. You, you you, yeah. you, you were ready. You, you, you legit. You shut down everything. You closed your apartment now. Did you have to break your lease?
2: No, no. It was good schedule that the lease was ending in May. So, you so
1: just, and you, but you put in notice at your work. And they yeah. said, "Oh, oh, you mo- which company are you moving on to? You're like um like yeah, National <laughs> National Bank? No, National no, National Parks. Yeah, no, I put in the I <laughs> the put Bank in the Bank of National
2: Parks. It's it's one of those things where um, people were very very excited about <clears throat> this kind of opportunity. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, you're mate. gonna have to cut this out. That's okay. <clears throat> don't worry about it.
1: I don't cut anything Yeah. All uh, that's it's cool.
2: all real. It's just This is reality. Reality <laughs> real, TV this show at its best. <clears throat> this is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it, I'll to be. I'll be honest with you. I think I'm a little choked up because um, Ron and I did so much talking while we were running. Oh yeah, it could be. We we're running at the, you know eight and nine and ten thousand feet, and yeah. we're just chatting, talking about this and yeah, this and no, life no, and no, your kids. voice is that's your it. voice is gone. Don't worry about it. Um, it, is. it is shot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I told them. I gave him my notice, and they were like, "Wow, that's so amazing." And it didn't sink in. But they are. Well, you don't know how many messages I get from people that. That just say they're, they're jealous or they said, I wish uh-huh. I could do that or <clears throat> that's amazing or what you're doing is impressive and all of that. And I was like, well, you could do it too. Yeah, yeah. or something like it. Put yourself in that position to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's before, so before I left, I built up the website and the internet and the um, social media presence. And I did all of that to get it ready to uh, to go on the trip because, like I said, I think I want to try and make it build this experience into something that, some different kind of career, some different trajectory, you know, maybe health coaching, Uh, a friend of mine suggested, it was very interesting. She made a really cool suggestion. So you've got life coaches and you've got sort of professional coaches and all that. She said, um, there are probably a lot of people out there that want to make a life experience change like Uh this, you know, sail around the world with their kids and go and take a, a six months off, but they don't know how to plan for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's very interesting. And
2: She said, why don't you become a life experience coach? Interesting. That's really. I good went, idea. Oh, so yeah, yeah. you know, I could help people because logistics is something I'm good at and yeah, planning. Yeah, and working people through how you would go from right now to two years down the road, being ready to pack up everything right, in your right. house and take a year of sailing around the world with yeah, yeah, your. Two-
1: yeah. yeah, how to actually fill good. in the blanks of the, all the logistics. I think it's an excellent right. idea. Yeah. So, right, d- so describe to me. So you're in New York when all this happens. You're doing the website and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Des- yep. So you walk down. Downstairs, you get in your car, and you drive out of New York? Yeah, uh, moving truck, yeah. Moving truck. Okay, so where do you go? I want to know what the—so <clears throat> how did that feel? And then I want to know how it felt when you got in your car, which is the, still the same Subaru from the day
2: one? No, no. I bought the Subaru after the—so the, uh, when I left New York, it was in a moving truck. I took the very few things that I still owned to my brother's house in eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. And— what I've done is I sold everything I could in New York or donated it and the rest of the stuff I gave to my brother. I have very, very little at this point. Yeah. What's in my Subaru and then what's in a small corner of a spare bedroom in his house. So you so, will,
1: I, so you left his house to embark on the actual adventure. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to know. You go <clears throat> by to your brother, you get in your car, and then yeah. you, do you go like, was there a holy crap moment? Was there like, okay. <sighs>
2: It's really interesting. I, I, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying this discussion, by the way, because a lot of other times we don't talk about this stuff. We talk about the plants and the running and all oh, that, yeah. which we may get into. But this yeah. is great because um, I think about this stuff. And I would say for the first... So I've been doing this about 11 months. I think for the first literally six or seven. So it, it took a while and, and maybe into the eighth month even. Um, I kind of treated it like work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was working the logistics, finding out the next place to stay, mapping out your route, talking to the rangers. And it wasn't stressful necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I wasn't getting the, um, it wasn't maybe as joyful as I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as I thought about that, and I write a little bit about it as well, that transition from having that structure and being in a corporate job to doing this and and that stress that you have in that sort of mindset and thinking takes a while to break away from.
1: And oh, it, for sure. So my my story, yeah. um, just real quick, because I had a very similar thing, was when I was working audiovisual um, for five years at UCLA, then I started getting acting work kind of on the side, but then all of a sudden I had enough acting work where I had enough money in the bank where I thought, I think I'm going to quit my job and do this full time. I had like enough yeah. enough money for like three months. My wife still makes fun of me because I quit. So I quit my job. I've always like, worked i worked all through college i had jobs i went to college. did the whole thing and 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 then i have a job after college and i you know i'm not making a lot of money but i'm doing fine then i quit and now i'm an actor which is the least scheduled thing there's (laughs) many days you don't have anything my agent would call maybe sometimes three times a week then sometimes no times a week um but the beginning days out of that and it lasted for a few months i had i I wrote literally wrote out a schedule every day okay up at at eight o'clock run for a half hour come back i literally had a coffee like a, on my she goes you had a you have a you scheduled a coffee like you can't just make yourself <laughs> yeah, a cup yeah. of coffee. I was like coffee at ten thirty that's when I will take I, a break, and it took me like a while to just let that all fall away, you I, know and it was that that we get programmed of the of the break of the partitioning of our days so heavily that to and a lot of people do this. My dad has a a hard, hard time being retired because he was in the military and then he was in the airlines, and it's like what oh, what do you do when yeah. you don't have somebody saying you have to be here at this time it's a weird and you want to be productive but you you know so i totally get what you're saying it was like okay now i'm not working but this is now my new job and i'm gonna just like i'm gonna dive into the logistics and the planning and then at what point did you kind of let let that kind of fall i mean you have to do that because you still have to plan things but yeah. it must be a lot different and a lot more liberating now than it was when you started right. Yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah, it totally is. So, yeah, it, I love that schedule. Yeah, you had to program spontaneity. So <laughs> coffee exactly right. right after that. That's when I'm going to be spontaneous, the, the, and then yeah, I'm going to have lunch. Yeah, and yeah, then, you
1: know. yeah I'll be a spontaneous at three yeah, fifteen for exactly. fifteen minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, it was literally like that.
2: It was. It was so weird. It and it's taken a long time. I think, particularly for people who um, have done it for a long time. Like I've been a professional, you know, manager for a long time, and. Uh, that's what I've done for 10 to 12 hours a day. So to break away from that took a while and it's still with me, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. I have to do the logistics and things, but, um, I am trying to be a little bit less structured and rigid and a little more flexible and a little less, uh, having a little bit more spontaneity for, for instance, in the early parts of the trip, I was very regimented about knowing exactly where I was going to stay in the next few days. Okay. Got it. Now it's to the point where, you know, I start driving and I'll find a campground on the way. Uh huh. And just like, I'll stay here. I'll stay here. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll look at the, I still look at the map and go, all right, well, I've got 12 hours to drive. I want to drive seven. I'll look around there. Oh, there's a campground there. Okay, fine. I'll I'll figure it out as I'm passing by. I'll stop there. Or maybe I'll go on another two hours because I feel great. And I'm yeah, listening yeah, yeah, to yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah. and Sid is inspiring me. And <laughs> I just drive for hours yeah. and listen to his voice. And it's so soothing. But isn't it and great uh, how you're more, enti-
1: it's so great because you've made the transition where you are doing the things you're still doing, but you're doing them in a much more engaged way, then now you're checking in with yourself and saying, I don't maybe want a cup of coffee at 10, <laughs> you know, perfect. I want, want, you know, and that, and that's the, but oh, do you think like you have to go through, I don't know. I feel like you have to, for some people, for me, for sure, you have to get through that before you can get to the next thing. It would have been, uh, it would have been very almost unproductive for me to jump right into not having a schedule at all. I probably would have just done nothing.
2: Yeah, no, small steps, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's totally. the thing, right? You kind of
1: you <clears> got to <throat> get there to get you got to get to a b, to, and you got to get to a before you get to b, and that's just for yeah. me what it was. But that's very, I, oh. I, I totally
2: keyed into that when you said. I had a schedule, I was like, oh, it's been there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally don't think I could have jumped. It would actually caused me more stress. That's what. To I early on to have things just be completely free flowing. Right. I would have, it would have, it would have caused me stress. I'd have felt like a little bit more like I was back at my job. Yes, yeah. And so I spent the time making sure that I had some things regimented out, but it starts to, you start to realize that, you know, you're not going to die. No one's going to die. No yeah. one's going to get hurt. You know, yeah. you're, you're going to have a place to stay. You know, you have a tent it's fine. Yeah. yeah, 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 and yeah. Th- that kind of regiment focus on regiment is not uh, it, it's not necessary.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, and you've you've like I, I use the word liberation because that's how I see it. Yeah. You've, li- you've liberated yourself from the the sort of what really wasn't you and it was you for so long, but now you're doing the things you, you've transitioned. And I think that that's really exciting. I, I mean, that's what, that's what turns me out. I just love that stuff. Cause it's like, how do you process that and get through it? And you got to buckle down and get through it. But with your eye on the ball, which is, this is just to get me to the next thing that I think is more me, which is not being this regimented. So anyway, cool. And, but still productive, obviously you're doing yeah, this yeah. amazing thing. So, so let's get into the, um, to the nuts and bolts of the national parks, marathon project i mean it's incredible um talk about it a little bit and so you you're you just finished 42 yeah when i saw you in marshall texas you had finished i think 37 or 38
2: yeah uh, i think it was 37 it was because i went and did so the the give you the, the quick background so the the project is to run uh, 26.2 miles in all 59 U.S. national parks. I started on June 18th, 2016. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it full time uh, the entire the entire time, with the exception of a short three week break in Portland, Oregon, to help some friends there. And I was actually a little tired, so that was actually really good uh, timing. Um, and so when I saw you in Marshall, Texas, for HealthFest, which is a fabulous place to go and see. Uh, it was 37, I believe, because I was going from health. I was driving from Marshall, Texas, all the way to Florida. Wow. And then doing... That, I didn't know you did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. When no. I left Marshall, Texas, um, the Monday morning, I was driving all the way to Florida. Wow. So there were, there were three parks there, uh, Dry Tortugas, and Everglades, and Biscayne. Okay. So I did those three parks, and then... Uh, so I guess it must have been 36 when I saw you. Okay. Um, and then I f- drove uh, up to Philadelphia from Florida... And flew out of there to Virgin Islands National Park.
1: Okay, that's when I and I, we we were emailing when you were in Virgin Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. I bet that's, that was um, great.
2: Saint <laughs> John, the island of Saint John, sixty percent of the island is a national park, and it's one of the things that's so amazing about what I'm doing. And for me, it's it's uh, when you go and you run that far, uh-huh. you see so much transition and difference in the in nature. Right, right. And Virgin Island was a great experience because you start in what looks like Great Smoky Mountains. And you're going yeah. like, how is this in a Caribbean island? Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then you're running and you hit some sort of palm tree kind of things. Like, okay, this is what I expected. Yeah, and then yeah. you run on some more and there's literally desert and cactus. Is it really? I'll be damned. Yeah. It's very bizarre. And, you know, I've got pictures of it out on my website. And it's – had I not done sort of that kind of distance and that kind of uh, time – you know, you can go on day hikes and things, and I, and people can do that's great. I, I, I encourage it highly. But to do it all at one time, you you really see the contrast.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I bet.
2: So, so it was great. So how how long I were
1: you did... in Florida like to do those three marathons? Uh, three weeks. So you try to do one a week at the yeah. most. Yeah, yeah. Do you about, run? Do you, do you run in between? Like, do you run daily? Like, so sort of go out for a few miles?
2: Uh, I uh, for a little while I tried to, but what's happening is I'm I'm fighting some chronic plantar fasciitis in both oh, feet. Are. Oh wow! And so the more run, the more I running I do, the more it hurts. Yeah, yeah. So three to if I do short runs, three to eight miles, somewhere in there, yeah. in between. Um, but uh, yeah. So the more the more that I run, the more it hurts. Yeah, so it. I try to stretch and foam roll and do all the kind of recovery things. But right, right. The extra running since since I'm focused on this project, that's sort of my main goal. So yes. if it means rest for six you, days and then run, and then rest yep. for six days and run. Yeah, totally got that's it. What I'm, that's what I'm doing. Totally got it.
1: Uh, so um sure. yeah so you're at 42
2: yeah so you are at, so rocky mountain
1: w- would you so i i mean i can't do the math because it's too i don't have it in my head right now but you started in june so you haven't even done it a, a, it hasn't even been a year yeah it's coming uh, up yeah. on a year um but you're almost averaging one a week <clears throat> by the yeah. time june 18th rolls around you will you're, you're going to be approaching 49. yeah that's possible yeah, yeah that's amazing okay so most importantly you're coming out this way but I couldn't find the one, we had talked about maybe me meeting you somewhere to do one, but yeah. I looked at one, it said Auburn and Friends or something, there was a, and I cannot find that online.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, I sort of put in the schedule sort of where I'll be. Um, Auburn, I have some friends that live in Auburn, and I need to stop by their house for a few days to pick oh. up some things I left there. Oh, but I thought it was a st- I was. Like, I literally was like, no. I'm looking up Auburn State Park. Yeah, Auburn I'm National sorry. Park. That's uh, right. Sorry, there are the, there are two national parks in California remen- remaining. I've okay. done all the rest of them. Okay. Uh, Sequoia and Kings Canyon. Okay. Okay. So i So I'll a- swing swing by Auburn there when when I'm in the sort of in the area. But, that's the one yeah. closest
1: to me. But I want to. I'll, I'll see about Sequoia and Saint Kings Canyon and see if we can if I can make that happen.
2: Yeah. And, and if not, if uh, I, again, I don't have a schedule, I'll drive out and see you. We'll go, we'll go running on the, the Mendocino 50K course.
1: That'd be great. That'd be awesome, actually. That'd be super fun. I would love to yeah. do that. I would love to take you out on that. Okay. And we'll just call it a national park and it'll be 60. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be 60. It could be yeah. a national park by the time you get out here.
2: It it well, I don't know right now, <laughs> but <you know. laughs> so
1: what's the so the website for people to to see and to your log and your photos are, are great and I'm obsessed with you. okay, anybody listening to this, please go and you gotta have better pictures of your tent on your site. Oh. <laughs> there's not, there's not a lot. I looked it up. I think I found it on the, one of the reports like NBC did on you or something like yeah, yeah. that. And, and I saw the tent. I showed my kids. I was like, you gotta see this tent. Um, and, and it, you had it set up at Marshall too, but, but, mm-hmm. um, get, just get a few shots of the tent up there for me. So then the listeners right. can check that out. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. so the website.
2: It's uh running the
1: Okay. And then as far as like social media goes and stuff.
2: Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's the oddball it's run the parks. Okay. But, uh, Facebook, if you search running the parks or if you go to instagram that 's also running the parks
1: running and then bill and i'll and, you know they'll i 'll put links to all this stuff too, but yeah. so your experience in the national and and, and you were, we were talking a little bit before we we, we became live on this recording, but you you have, I don't know if this was a, a mission of yours in the beginning of this project or it, or if it has become, but conservation of the parks, was that a, um, a mission in the beginning or now that you're running it, you're realizing there's some disrepair or there's things that need attention and you want to draw more attention to the parks? Yeah.
2: This, this whole project has been an evolution because, you know, we talked about, I came up with this idea to run in the national parks. And the idea was just sort of kind of, hey, promote going out and seeing the parks a different way or also promote making a change. And that kind of was generally the message. But it's it's become a little more refined as I've gone and run 42 national parks. So it really encompasses three things, sort of uh, possibility, which we talked a lot about already, right. parks, the national parks, going and seeing them and, and conserving them and then plants because I'm I'm doing this as a vegan athlete. Right, right. Um, but on the conservation side, the the, the parks – uh, I do see more and more as I'm visiting these parks where they have a huge backlog of uh, maintenance. They have uh, problems sometimes keeping the trails maintained, although right. they really do a fabulous job, but they're, they're very often uh, understaffed, right, right. Um, both on the, the, the interpretive ranger side, which are the people that do the educational programs, and then also on the maintenance and the law enforcement side. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate because it's not a very big line item in the budget. And these are such places of, of physical and spiritual renewal. Um, one of the things that I talk about is that you could take two people that hate each other for whatever reason it is, but just absolutely loathe each other, walk them to the, to the grand Canyon and have them look over that. Mm -hmm. And for that split section, Second, while they're looking out into this Grand Canyon, this beautiful, vast, amazing natural place, you can't hate anybody. Yeah, you and you could be standing right next to that person, and you are just so <laughs> enthralled and, and, and immersed in that beauty that all of this is irrelevant. And I think um, in our in our sort of culture and society right now, getting out in nature is often tough for people. They don't do it often enough, right. and you know, you promote it a lot as well. And I get to, to see how much happier and friendlier and nicer people are when they're out on the trails. And you're just sitting somewhere near a tree and, and looking at a mountain vista or even a beach at like St. John. Uh, you just feel that stress you know, go out of your body, you feel more relaxed and, and, and at the same time, counter to that, which is interesting, you feel more energy, uh-huh, right? It just, it just fills you. Right. And you, you walk away and you go, ah, that was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah So, but yeah. you do it not like a, ah, oh, that was great. I'm tired. You do yeah. that. was a great, like, wow. And I can, yeah, I'm energy. so ready to go and, and tackle the world. Yeah, but yeah. You have to do that periodically. And, and, uh, uh it really makes a big difference.
1: Well, I, I'm, um, you know, what your your story is super inspiring. And, um, and it, what I've been thinking about a lot about you, even from the moment that I met you in Texas, I was, you know, I told you right right away, I was like, I have you on the podcast. It's very cool. And then as I started looking more into what you did, do, are doing and what you did, it's, um, it's incredible. And I think it's a really good story for people to, to hear and, and understand and, and hopefully apply it in some way that fits for them in their lives. But um, I just think it's super cool. I love that you are now in a place where, um, I think you've, I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I think you're much more okay with not knowing now your future. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really like that you're kind of in a good place where you got, you're not going to die. You're, you're okay. So yeah. it's not like you're in a, you know, in a horrible place, but at the same time, you've sort of reconciled your own head with. I don't have a perfect plan right now now i'm exploring and right. and i think that that's what's really inspiring to me and what i want for the people who who you know who listen to what i have to say um is you don't have to necessarily quit your job like you did but you can do things in your life to to get to the point where you're open to new adventure and to new experience mm-hmm. and, and then see where that goes you don't you have no idea where that's gonna go you right now you've got this thing but when 59 rolls around you don't know and that's such a cool excite it's not a bad thing that's a great thing you know yeah. and, and and you're open now to new information coming in and conversations that you had like with your friend to say what about a life experience coach like that's a new thing and you're not yeah. regimented enough where you don't even you know come across those kinds of things it's very cool to see what you're doing so I, I I wish you all the best and and i really uh I'm serious if it works out on a weekend I would love to just drive where, wherever you are and um and run run one of the parks with you oh, only because i mean I'd love to do the mendo thing too but mm-hmm. i haven't spent a lot of time in national parks so it's, it's be yeah. great, great for me to just to do to experience that with you, and because you have to do all the legwork, I can just show up like a uh, bomb.
2: <laughs> you know what? I would be so happy to to have that because one of the things that I'm promoting, and if you do look at my website, it's about. Um, participation. I want people to join me. Right. Uh, I have, uh, there's, there are limits on the national parks, like how big the, the group can be and all that kind of things. But, uh, to get a few people out that want to go and run 26 miles in a national park, it's so much more engaging and enjoyable to share nature with people right. as well, as well as some solitude by yourself. Great. But when you're out with other people and you're just like, wow, look at this or how you experience it, it's just so much more rewarding to share it with people and and uh i've been able to do that uh for a number of the parks but it's always it's always great to uh to have people with me so yeah yeah, let's make it happen i would love uh, to do it, and
1: i I just make the point that if anybody is interested they can go to your website runningtheparks.com Um, mm-hmm. and get in touch with you that way. But I was like, oh, you're fa- You're too fast. And you were like, no, 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 no. no. this is, uh, so I want to make sure that people understand like you're not trying yeah. to do time. You'll take as much time oh. as it needs. There's no rush, which is cool. Um, no, so no these anybody... are
2: not races. These are just joy runs in the national parks. And yeah. it's so great. Once you get a mile or two away from a trailhead, there's nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. in a popular park, I ran in Yellowstone. And once I was away from the, the, the trailhead, I think I saw four people wow. in 26 miles. Wow. That's and crazy. that's how that's how exciting this is, you know, to get away and to get that kind of distance, you get to really immerse yourself in it. So yeah, yeah they're not races. Joy runs. i yeah. run with people anywhere from, you know, mid twenties to 70 years old. Yeah. And we run whatever the pace, the the slowest person is because we stay together and we enjoy it.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Well, I wish you all the best and, and we'll keep in touch and hopefully we'll hook up on either here or, or in Sequoia or Kings Canyon and we'll figure out how to make that happen.
2: Man, thanks so much for this opportunity, Sid. Okay, I appreciate Bill, it, was great it. It's great to, talking to you. Great
1: to chat with you. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Good luck. All right, you guys. What'd you think? Bill Psycholic. Is that cool? Very interesting guy. Super nice. I'm crossing my fingers that I can make the, it happen that I can meet him at one of these national parks Um, In California to do a marathon with him. I I really, 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 really hope that happens. It would be very cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're just joining me, please go back and listen to old episodes. Most of the episodes I do are of just me solo doing the thing that I do, which is to talk about... Again, my thoughts and perspectives and ideas around around this, and I think these interviews definitely speak to the same themes, and so I sprinkle them in now and then. To find out more about me, go to SidGarzaHillman.com. That really is like you don't need to muddle your brain. SidGarzaHillman.com is where you can buy uh, Approaching the Natural podcast merchandise, including my infamous Nutty Nut Nut shirts. You can get... um, All my YouTube videos there. You can email me through that if you want to. You can find out where I'm going to be speaking next. If I took time to put that on the website, you can donate to the website, uh, sorry, to the podcast by just pushing a little donate button and you can donate, which is huge. Yes, I should probably have a Patreon thing. Yes, I should probably have an Amazon banner ad. I don't don't have a reason. If you can throw me a few bucks uh, a month, that would be huge. Okay. In the meantime, later I'll get fancy. Okay, but right now I just I don't. It's too much. My brain is going to explode if I take that on. Got it? And I I can't do a podcast if my brain's exploded. Okay. Thank you guys for joining me. I will be in Durham in this August uh, for the Triangle Veg Fest, and possibly in Portland this October. I'm still waiting on final word from that. But you guys are awesome. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed to this YouTube channel. My YouTube channel has subscribed to this podcast i really appreciate it youtube still coming i passed the 1100 mark you guys came out and 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 did that for me thank you um so i hope you guys are enjoying those videos i'm doing one a week okay my new book raising healthy parents is available for pre-order on amazon.com and barnes and noble and powell's if you're gonna buy it anyway buy it now it's pretty cool for me because it helps bump the numbers and you know that whole rigmarole that exhausts me All right, you guys, I'm going to be back next week with episode number 193, and I will also be announcing a podcast that I uh, was a guest on called the Raw Food Foot Soldier Podcast. I think it's going to be up by the time this thing launches, but you can look into that raw food. I'll put a link in this episode, actually, if it's happening already. Otherwise, the following week, I will. You guys are awesome. Email me at podcast at sidgarzahilman.com If you have any questions or comments, or just let me know how the small steps thing is treating you, huh? I always like to hear about that. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week, okay? In the meantime, be well.
0: That you hear Don't come from my hand I'll decide never to Let weakness rule me these sentences to you They are sublime so with hand truth Made to be bigger than Then is dressed so dressed sometimes I feel so ripped apart sometimes I feel so hard sometimes I feel so hard times that feel so hard.